Welcome to the Keep Birth Wild podcast. My name is Indy and through this series I'll be speaking to women who plan to birth their babies at home. Join me to hear home birth mothers sharing their stories of pregnancy, birth and postpartum. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. My daughter's starting to drop from two naps to one a day, and the last week has just been really unpredictable and exhausting, which is why I didn't get an episode out to you last week, so my apologies for that. In today's episode, I chat to Danielle about the births of her sons Lucas and Levi. Lucas was born in hospital, and then Danielle went on to have Levi at home through the publicly funded midwifery scheme. We talk a little bit as well about her partner's experience of birth as he was initially quite nervous about home birth and becoming a parent in general. So it's really beautiful to get a small insight into his journey too. I'll include some links to Danielle's online eco store in the show notes. So make sure you check that out if you're looking for sustainable alternatives to everyday items, including some amazing looking eco-friendly baby products. If you're enjoying the podcast and have time, please leave a star rating and a quick message with what you're enjoying about the show. It helps me slowly climb the ranks a bit, and hopefully together we can get these amazing and empowering birth stories out to more women. Thank you again for listening today, and I'll let Danielle share her story. Hi Danielle, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Do you want to start by sharing a little bit about yourself and your family with the listeners? Yeah, hi, thank you for having me. Um, So yes, as uh, um, you mentioned I'm Danielle. I'm a mum of two. I've got Lucas, who's three and a half, and Levi, who is six and a half months. Um, yeah, not not much too exciting going on in my life at the moment because I'm a stay. I'm well, I'm on maternity leave, so I've just been uh, running a little business on the side while waiting the days to go back to work and keeping humans alive. Hmm, lovely. What do you do for your business? Uh, I run an online shop called The Earth Mama, so we sell eco-friendly products, uh, reusables and things like that. Oh, beautiful. I'll have to check it out <laughs> later on. Um, my little side hustle. Yeah, great. It's a good time to be doing something like that too on maternity yeah. leave. Mm. Lovely. So sort of how did you come to start a family? Did you Was that a planned thing or...? Um, so initially with Lucas, we were actually, we'd been together a good 10 years. We'd set ourselves up. We had a home. We had careers. Um, so it was, the next step was having children. But my partner was really reluctant and he just didn't, I guess he was scared of how much it was going to change our life and he didn't really want to say yes. Um, so it sort of happened by accident. However, I had been preparing myself. So I started taking. Um, you know, antenatal vitamins in preparation, had all my bloods done just to sort of get the ball rolling and say to him, look, this is serious now. We need to actually think about um, having children. And it happened. So although we knew what was going to happen, we weren't necessarily planning at that point, um, but it was very much wanted pregnancy. Particularly for me, my partner was just um, – sort of, uh, I guess, had a a whole heap of anxieties about it, which he actually admitted after the fact. I didn't realise until after I'd had Lucas just how anxious he was about being a parent. Um, So he settled into it really well, thankfully, and 
always admits to me that it was the best thing he's ever done. So it, it worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah, and I have heard, you know, from quite a few different people that often it's the partners or men who just don't have the same kind of real drive to start a family or they don't not as able to know when they're ready or not. Yeah, I just don't think it was as instinctual for him as it was for me, which is understandable. But And I was a little bit nervous, admittedly, because I, I was worried how he would connect once our son was born. But he took to it immediately, so that was really relieving, I think, for him and me. Mm, yeah. And how were you feeling when you first found out? I was absolutely over the moon. I'd been... Um, I'd been wanting to have a baby since I was in my early 20s. So this was something for me that was long, long awaited. I think I was um, 26 when I fell pregnant. And I, I just always knew my life calling was to have children, as cliche as that sounds. I knew that that was my, my destiny. So I'd been waiting for this day for so long. So from the, the moment I found out, and actually, you know, the day that I found out I was pregnant, I just had a feeling. I woke up. And I had sore boobs and I remember thinking, this is weird. I didn't get my period yesterday and my boobs are sore. That doesn't normally happen. And I just had this this feeling. So I popped down to Woolies and took a test on the way to work. And, of course, it was positive and, and I called my best friend to let her know before Peter because he was actually at work and I didn't want him to freak out and have an accident or anything. So, um, yeah, I was absolutely over the moon. Hmm, so exciting. And at what point had you sort of considered what sort of maternity care you'd like or where you wanted to give birth um, before you fell pregnant? Yeah, so with Lucas it wasn't a home birth. He was born in the hospital. But I had actually, I'd, I had brought up the idea of a home birth initially in the early days. I hadn't thought too much about it, but um, my partner was, he wasn't against it. He was just I think very nervous about the idea. He was a little bit scared. What if something goes wrong? Um, and all of those normal thoughts that lots of people would have. Um, so we, I did admittedly didn't do a lot of research into my options. And had I have done more research, I may have chosen differently. But overall, I was grateful at the time to be birthing at the hospital. And what model of care did you go through there? Was it private or public? Or So yeah, what? I went through the public system um, and predominantly I saw midwives in the clinic um, with an occasional obstetrician check-in. So, yeah, it was it was all pretty pretty straightforward pregnancy for me, thankfully. So mm -hmm. the majority of the time I was just seeing midwives. Yeah, beautiful. Did you have much symptoms at all in the way of sort of morning sickness or any other complaints come up? Uh, initially, a little bit of mild morning sickness, but nothing too major. I think it wasn't until the last trimester I started getting quite a lot of pain in my hips and I actually had sciatica as well. Close towards the end, I think I was about 38 weeks, it got so severe, my sciatica, that I had to go on a strong painkiller and they were talking about inducing me for a pain relief reason. and. In hindsight, I look back and cringe at the idea that that was even suggested, but um, it was. And being a first-time mum, I was eager to meet my baby. I thought, yay, this would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, though, 
uh, that didn't go ahead and I just I waited it out until I did go into labor naturally. I'm very grateful for that. Did you do any sort of birth education during that pregnancy or how, how prepared, looking back in hindsight, how prepared do you feel that you were for the birth? Um, not very prepared at all, to be honest. I think I was very casual about it. Um, I just went in with an attitude, what will be, will be. I didn't really set any birth plan and I didn't actually with my second baby either. I just had some ideas of how I wanted it to go. I always knew I wanted to have a drug-free birth and I did achieve that with my first and second. That was really my, my main criteria was I didn't want an epidural and whatever else happened, happened as long as I didn't have a cesarean. That was my, my biggest fear. Um, so I, I literally blocked it out of my mind that it would even happen. And did you go to like the hospital birth classes or anything like that? No, I didn't. Um, I... I had this idea that if I did that maybe they would make me uh, or I don't know how to say this, maybe they would sway me towards things that I didn't necessarily want and I didn't want any anything to cloud my idea of how I wanted it to look. So I just thought I would go in trusting myself and that I would know what I want when the time came, um, which worked for me, to be honest. I am glad I didn't bother with all of that. I did do a breastfeeding education class and that was really useful. Oh, amazing. That's something a lot of people don't prepare for and it's really hard as well sometimes. It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, heading towards the end of that pregnancy the first time around, what was? how did you end up going into labour or what, what were some of the early signs and how many weeks were you then? Um, I, I had him at 39 weeks and three days and I had pre-labour for, I would say probably about two weeks I was having niggles and thinking, is this it, is this it, and all these little things that people said will happen before you go into labour happened, um, and then nothing would happen, so I'd be left deflated and exhausted. Um, and then in the couple of days leading up to his birth, I started getting contractions. I hadn't had any Braxton Hicks throughout, so this was definitely a new thing for me, but it kept me awake for two nights, and I thought, surely this is going to eventuate. I wanted to labour at home for as long as possible, so as long as I could handle it, I stayed at home. And then when I got to um, the third day, I, I felt absolutely knackered and just like I was starting to lose control, so I went into the hospital for a checkup. Um, I found that I was one centimetre dilated, and she sent me home with some panadine telling me to sleep. <laughs> and so I did that. I didn't sleep, of course. I was way too excited and in pain and all of those things that go through your mind. And thankfully, it wasn't much longer because that same um, that same night around 2 a.m., I went back in and I was ready to go. So mm. it wasn't all for nothing, thankfully. Yeah. And I'm curious, with your sciatica and the hip pain, did that continue throughout the labour as well? That, that actually resolved. So it was probably about a week of being bedridden and in pain and it, it just miraculously killed itself. So I didn't find too much pain towards the end, to, towards the very last days, thankfully. I had yeah. something similar and it disappeared at maybe, yeah, it was probably from 34 weeks for about four to six weeks and then it stopped at about 40 weeks and my midwives told me that it might be 
sometimes it was once the baby had engaged more, it kind of took the pressure off or they weren't, the head wasn't sitting on the same nerve or something. So maybe that's what happened. Very possible. Very possible. Hmm. So your partner was in your birth team. Did you have a doula or anybody else coming in with you that wasn't part of the hospital team? No, my first I was very hands off and I didn't want anyone except my partner. So um, that was the one thing I knew I didn't want. I just wanted it to just be us two. I don't really know why. I just I didn't really feel connected enough to anyone else at the time to have them there. And I actually didn't know what a doula was at that point, to be quite honest. That's only really been a, a new concept to me in the last maybe 18 months. Um, so had I have known, maybe it would be different, but I was adamant that I just wanted us to at that point. Mm. Is that little Levi in the background there? Is he okay? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's fake um, coughing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's a good one. Gets attention. Uh, so after you arrived at hospital, sort of how did things progress from there and what, what sort of tools were you using to manage the pain if you weren't having any drugs? So um, at home I used the shower and I found that amazing, but I'm on storage water here. So um, unfortunately after 20 minutes I'd have to get out and let the, the hot water regenerate before I could get back in. So that was super inconvenient. By the time I got to the hospital, I was actually eight centimetres. Um, wow. I was so happy about that. That was around 2 a.m. Unfortunately, though, I didn't have him until 10.30 the next morning. So it was it was a good eight hours labouring from eight centimetres. Um, so it happened quite slowly. Um, and I, I basically was confined to the bed because I was just, I had absolutely, I would just say I was completely out of body. I wasn't really there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was on the bed. I couldn't move. I was in too much pain. I, look, even if they offered me drugs, I don't think I would have accepted because I was so out of control at that point <laughs> or what I felt anyway. Apparently I looked completely calm on the outside, but I felt out of control. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing that you're able to stay lying down through that. Yeah, and I think I was so tired that, I was physically strained and my my body ached. I just couldn't get myself up um, physically to, to move. And it was a real mm-hmm. shame because I really didn't want to be laying down. But in the moment, that's what I needed. I think that probably didn't help the, the process of how long my labour went for once I got there. Um, but uh, And I think as well, pushing took two and a half hours. So that was really really exhausting and did you feel a spontaneous urge to push with him or or was with the midwives kind of coaching you to do that or um definitely was coached I didn't really feel the need to push at any point um so I was definitely coached through that and I guess looking back as well I wonder if that feeling may have come had I been in a different position or had I waited a little bit longer um, but yeah, definitely didn't have that sensation to push at any point. I just did it because they told me to. Yeah, so it took two and a half hours of pushing. That's you must have been absolutely exhausted. Do you sort of recall much about what that felt like or how you were feeling in the moment? It was a complete out of body experience. I I didn't want anyone touching me, talking to me. 
I I just went through the motions on the inside. I just kept it all contained as much as I could internally. Um, I was really, really tired after not sleeping for two nights prior. I was falling asleep between contractions when I was trying to push and it was just, it was awful. It was so awful. But I was, um, I mean, I got there <laughs> in the end. Um, unfortunately, they did need to give me a little bit of help towards the end. So um, I did have an episiotomy and some vac- uh, vacuum from the obstetrician, um, which I was fine with at that point in time. But honestly, looking back, probably six months down the track, I was just so disappointed that that had happened happened um so yeah that was a shame when I had to to think back you know how how it all went and how that wasn't my plan and did you know that he was a boy I knew he was a boy my partner didn't catch him I think he was too scared to be honest he was quite emotional but that that moment was just the most amazing moment of my life I just it was like everything that had just happened and all that tiredness went away in an instant. Um, and I, I remember saying to my obstetrician, I've waited 27 years for this. And he looked at me like, that is a really weird thing to say. Why, why would anyone say that? But sweet, I guess. So um, I just I just kept saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, over and over again. That was about the only thing I could get out of my mouth. <laughs> I was just, in, I, I think, in shock and just amazement that I just did that. How was your partner feeling at that time? Has he shared a bit about um, about that if he was quite nervous? Uh, yeah, look, he felt really uncomfortable in the hospital throughout and he didn't really feel like he had a place. Um, he felt like the midwives were pushing him around and uh, he was hungry and thirsty and he had to sit on this really awful waiting chair in the bedroom. So he... He really didn't feel connected to the labour. He was he was good. He would, did what he needed to do for me, but he didn't feel like he was a part of it. Really, he just felt like he was a, a tool. You need to do this and this, and um, which was sad for him. He was, um, as far as I was aware, there was no tears immediately after. But he definitely did cry once we got back to the bedroom. Um, to the to the maternity wards, um, he had shed a few tears there, and I think he was really overcome with emotion, and he didn't quite know what to make of it. He's not really an openly emotional person, so as many men aren't. Um, but yeah, it was a really beautiful moment when he was holding him, tear running down his face. Mm. I looked oh, at him as so a different gorgeous. person from then on. <laughs> yeah. And how was um, how was your placenta delivery and and kind of those first few hours after he was born? Uh, so I actually one of the other things that happened during my birth, just going back slightly, was they they actually broke my waters to try and help speed things up. Um, so and even from the moment of breaking my waters, there was still another four hours before he arrived. So I don't think that it was actually ready. <laughs> Um, yeah. The placenta was. We, I did have the injection, and if I'm honest, at that time, I didn't know what it was. No one had talked to me about it. No one asked me about it. They just jabbed me and and went with it. So I had no no clue. Um, I just went with what was happening. They told me to you know push and 
Um, there was no complications. It all came out um, as it should have, which was it was good. Um, I did have probably 20 minutes with him on me. Um, unfortunately, no delayed cord clamping either. That was cut very quickly. Um, and the doctors then took him just to do a, a general examination as they stitched me up. So I didn't really get that nice golden hour with him that I would have hoped. It was quite medicalized, I think. So, yeah, that was all a shame. But the hours after, I just spent absolutely amazed and mind blown that that had just happened. And I think I was absolutely on a high as well. So I wasn't tired anymore. I didn't sleep for another night after even because <laughs> I was just so um, on such a high from the whole experience. Yeah, it's an amazing feeling. Eh? It really is. And how was your breastfeeding journey with him? Did you um, Were you able to breastfeed and get started straight away while you were in hospital? Yeah, so I, um, I breastfed Lucas until about 13 months when I returned to work and found it a little bit hard to continue the pumping. But the breastfeeding in hospital all went pretty smoothly. The midwives were quite helpful. Uh, in helping him latch, I have quite large breasts, and he was a little, little thing. So, you know, it took a bit of work, and um, it was a little stressful. But um, overall, it went fairly smoothly. It wasn't until I got home and my milk came in that I started really stressing. Um, I was quite engorged, and I didn't know how to get him to latch. So I was up crying in the middle of the night wondering how I was going to feed my baby. I had a formula sachet in the cupboard and I remember saying to my partner, oh, can you just go make up that bottle because I can't get him to latch. I don't I don't want him to go hungry. And he said, no, no, you'll be okay. Um, he jumped on online with me and we surfed through the internet and found some tips on how to relieve the engorgement. And um, eventually when I calmed down and he calmed down, he latched and, um, it was great and I, I think that moment was the moment I decided that I was going to persist no matter what and I didn't need the formula. Um, so it was actually really special for me because my partner was so on board with it as well and that made a massive difference um, to my journey with breastfeeding. Mm. And did you feel that the breastfeeding course that you did while you are pregnant um, sort of helped you, informed you at all or you still felt like unsure about it all? I think I still felt unsure. I think I probably would have benefited from a course when I actually had this newborn with me um, because the reality is a lot different from someone holding up a little rubber boob and trying to show you how to latch a baby um, and all the mm. other things. That, and it's jammed into one one-hour session, um, you know, so you can't really get a whole lot of information out of there. Um so, yeah, definitely didn't prepare me, I don't think. It gave me a little insight, but not enough, definitely not enough. Yeah. And so, yeah, going on from after your first birth, were you, how were you feeling about another birth? Or, you know, you said at six months that you started to feel differently about how your first birth went. Do you want to share a little bit about kind of your processing and how you came to the point where you would have a home birth the next time around? Yeah, so I think... Um, what happened for me was I was involved in a few different 
um, Facebook groups um, that were all about breastfeeding and natural birthing and things like that. And they all aligned very strongly with my views of how things should look. And I guess as I started delving into them, I realised that the way things went for me probably didn't need to go that way and I didn't um, – I, I never wanted to have any intervention. I always knew I didn't want drugs, I didn't want interventions, I just wanted to do my thing as as it should happen naturally. But I guess the elation of having a new baby that was just so amazing kind of took away from that that feeling of missing out. Um, so I guess once that, that wore off, yeah, it was just – me looking into all these things going, God, that should not have happened like that. Um, so I did a lot of research and when I was excited to have another baby, to be honest. I loved my pregnancy and even with the things that happened, I'm, I'm really fond of my birth and, and the whole process. I wish it had have gone differently, but it was still such an empowering process for me. So I was hanging out to have another baby, <laughs> to be quite honest. I still did wait a good uh, two and a half years before we started trying again anyway, but, yeah, it was it was an excitement thinking about the next time I could be pregnant. And how was Levi's conception or how did that come about? Um, so we actually, we were planning to start trying after our 30th birthdays and that fell on May of last year for me. Um, but in the, it must have been that maybe the November Prior to that, we had a little bit of, I would call it an oopsie, um, <laughs> where we didn't use anything and, you know, we had a, a bit of a drunken night and I was just like, ah, what will be will be. It's all good. <laughs> um, we didn't really want to have a baby at that particular moment. But then when I realized that I wasn't pregnant, I just felt a little bit sad. And at that point, I sort of said to my partner, maybe we should start trying and I was shocked when he said yes. So we did and, and it took about four cycles to conceive. The the month before I fell pregnant, I had what I would call a chemical pregnancy. Um, so I, I basically had a positive, a lot of positive tests because I was obsessively testing. Um, and a, a few days late, my period did arrive very heavy. Um, and so, yeah, obviously, I, it didn't stick that time. Um, and then the next cycle around, we, we did fall pregnant. So we were really excited. Given that you'd had that chemical pregnancy the month before, did you, were you a bit hesitant to feel excited when you first got the positive test? I was, yeah. I was waiting for my period to arrive um, for a good few weeks probably. And when it didn't, um, you know, after it was probably two weeks, I, I started to get really excited, like, all right, this is happening. I remember texting my best friend and saying, oh, I don't know, it's not a strong enough line yet. You know, is it, I don't know if it's going to stick. And, um, yeah, so I definitely had that fear that it was going to happen again. Mm. But thankfully not not that time. Yeah. And so after all of the kind of research and that online space that you'd been in, yeah, had you sort of already decided that you'd like to have a home birth or, yeah, how did you come to that decision? Uh, initially, I hadn't decided on a home birth. I was planning a natural hospital birth. 
um, intervention free this time around. I had armed myself with everything I wanted. I went and saw my obstetrician and I said, this is what I want. Um, and then I saw my midwife and it was my midwife who said, have you thought about a home birth? And it was just those words. It was the only thing I needed to hear. And I think I was waiting for somebody to suggest it because in that moment, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I came back to my partner and I said, what would you say if I wanted to have a home birth? Initially, he was a little hesitant. Um, and honestly, I swayed him by telling him how much more comfortable it would be at home for him, uh, having access to his TV, food, couch, all of those things <laughs> while I'm in labour. Um, and he just went with it because he knew he wouldn't be able to change my mind anyway. Um, <laughs> because I'm stubborn like that. And as we got further along in the pregnancy and um, he actually did a little bit of research himself and I sent him so many links, you know, uh, about multiple different things um, to do with home birth. So he actually became quite pro-home birth. And, um, yeah, he, it, I would say he's now would you know, he would now encourage home birth for people because it was a really great experience. Mm, lovely. And so did you guys decide to go with midwifery care at home or what care had you got planned for that? Yeah, so we went with the public system in Perth is the community midwifery program. So um, the home, vis- home visiting midwives, most of my appointments were at their clinic um, and other appointments that we had a couple of appointments at home as well. Um, throughout the whole experience, it was very, very easy. My pregnancy was really smooth sailing. I didn't have any, um, you know, any concerns throughout. So it, it just went exactly as it should be. Um, mm-hmm. as and it we should have. Were you able to have continuity of care with the one midwife or were you still kind of um, being cared for by a team? Uh, no, so I just had the, I actually had my main midwife and my backup midwife. Um, majority of my appointments were with my main midwife and I think I only had one with my backup and that was purely to meet her just so she could come and see me and, um, you know, just get to know a face because she would be there at the labour. So, um, it was great and I saw an obstetrician once throughout. Um, just towards the end and and that was all so it was really really simple and did you have anybody else in your birth team this time around or just just the midwives and your partner no I did have more people this time so I actually had um, my stepmom so that was lovely she was a really good emotional support for me while Peter was more of the practical support Um, my sister-in-law was also here and she was here purely for Lucas because I wanted him to be around Um, but she was his one-to-one so if he needed to go anywhere she could take him Um, if he wanted to be there she could you know just just someone special for him so that was really nice having her there because we actually we have quite a special bond my sister-in-law and I so it was special for her and special for me to have her there throughout that process as well. And yeah. then we had the two midwives and a student. So there was quite a lot of us here, but it never felt crowded. It was always really relaxed and, and it was 
they were just so lovely. It was a very nice vibe. Hmm. Beautiful. And did you do any sort of different preparation for the birth this time around or you felt like your previous experience had pretty much prepared you? I would say I did do a bit of preparation in terms of setting up my birth space. I I really went to town on decorating my room. <laughs> I got new bedding, uh, new doona. I, you know, I made my room was spotless in the sort of six weeks leading up to it. Sorry, just having a drink. <laughs> um, no, that's all right. So I, I set up some fairy lights on my windows. Um, I had a beautiful rug on the floor. I set up some birth affirmations across a mirror in my room and it was all just really lovely and calm. Um, <clears throat> I told my partner what I wanted. I wanted to have music playing. I set up some Spotify playlists that I wanted in the background. I had a diffuser and I bought my clary sage to diffuse during, during the labour. Um, so I guess it was all just those little creature comforts. And I didn't have anything on paper necessarily, but I knew exactly what I wanted. And I voiced that to my midwife throughout. Um, some being I didn't want artificial rupture of membranes unless it was absolutely necessary. Delayed cord clamping, I wanted to keep uh, attached until I delivered the placenta um, and it had stopped pulsating. And um, one of the other important things was uh, not to have the injection unless there was any sign of bleeding for helping the placenta out. So I got all of those wishes in that as well, which was really nice. Mm. Amazing. So, yeah, just heading into the into the labour, how did things start the second time around? Second time around was super cruisy. The morning I went into labour, I called my stepmom around and I said, I'm having some twinges, I think, I'm going to have this baby today. I was 39 weeks and six days, so one day off being due, well, one day off the guest date, I guess you would say. Um, and I asked her to come around to braid my hair because I, I really wanted braids. And actually I went and got my eyelashes um, curled and tinted for the occasion as well. <laughs> I have no idea why, but I felt good. Important so thing. So. <laughs> That's all that really matters. So, yeah, I had my lovely lashes and my stepmom did some beautiful braids. I had a double braid and um, I kept them in throughout, just kept my hair out the way and it was just looked cool. I liked it. Mm -hmm. um, and she she could see that things were starting to heat up and my midwife, I was meant to go and see my midwife that day at the clinic. She's about, a, I'd say, a 30-minute drive from my house and I just had this feeling that things were going to ramp up by sort of that midday appointment that I was meant to be keeping with her. And I called her in the morning and I said, well, I think something's happening today. Um, I don't think I want to come and see you because I'm worried that if I get stuck in the car in labour, it won't be nice. Um, so she's like, okay, if you're sure, I'll come and see you. So she came and saw me and I actually... Uh, everything looked fine. I was still contracting just very irregularly, very, um, you know, manageable at this point. And she offered me a stretch and sweep and I, had, I hadn't really set any um, idea for myself on whether I would or wouldn't want that. 
So I went with it and immediately after that stretch and sweep, um, I started contracting hard and fast. That was about um, midday. So she left and said to, you know, call her once I feel I need to. And um, I, I pretty much, so that was 12 by 3 o'clock, I was on the phone to her saying, I need you to come back. And she was a little bit sceptical initially and said, are you sure, are you sure, um, until she heard a contraction on the phone. So uh, she packed up and headed on down. She got to me a, around 4 o'clock um, and my my baby was actually born by 4.40-something, 4.49, so she didn't have enough, <laughs> a lot of time to spare. Did you guys have the birth pool set up already or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I set the pool up a few weeks early. Um, and that was a bit of fun for my toddler because we used to, <laughs> it sounds a little silly, we used to get in and do a little mock-up of what, what's going to happen. I wanted him to be prepared, so we talked about how mummy was going to be in the pool then I'm going to have the baby in here. So he was really prepared and it definitely worked. Um, and he used to think it was great. He used to get in there, tip it over, use it as a bouncy castle. So it was a lot of fun for him. Um, so the pool was set up, but I wasn't allowed to get in until the midwife got there. So we didn't actually start filling it up until just before she arrived. Um, so I didn't spend much time in the pool, to be honest. Yeah, did she, did she do any checks once she arrived or were you able to just get straight in the water? Um, I think she, she just did a, a trace um, to check on the heartbeat. And just check my, my general observations, um, checked, uh, I'm assuming she checked my temperature, I don't know, but she checked my blood pressure and all of that. Um, but she pretty much just went about her business doing her side of things while I laboured on the floor in my bedroom um, and she just let me go with it. So it was very hands-off um, and she just said whenever I feel like getting in the pool, I can. So I, I got in the pool probably about 20 past four once it was filled up um, and it was amazing, that instant relief. And this time around my contractions were so much different. They were they were intense and they were short. They weren't even a minute long. Um, so that's actually why I waited so long to call my midwife was because she'd said once they're over a minute and such and such amount apart, then call me. They never really got to a minute. They were just really short and sharp. So I, I just thought, nah, this isn't it. Maybe it's she's just irritated something. Um, so I was in denial for a while, actually. Um, but, yeah, I got in the pool and just had this instant relief. Um, I was so relaxed and there's a photo of me in the pool as I'd just gotten in with this massive smile on my face. And I remember the moment so clearly uh, where I was just like, this is, what I was waiting for because I I wished for a water birth with my first but it was not a possibility in the hospital and I didn't think I was going to get it this time around I just I just had all this worry that what if it happens too quickly or what if I don't get in in time so it was just this moment of realization that I'm in the pool and I'm going to have my baby in the pool <laughs> so it was really good mm -hmm. um, super calming and my contractions between contractions were very I was very aware, alert, um, relaxed, 
I was asking people to change the music or, you know, do little things. I was singing even. I just I can't even believe that in comparison to my first. Um, so, yeah, it was really great. Yeah, and you said that you got in the pool at 20 past and he was born at 22. So you must have yeah. – that went very quickly. Did you start to feel the urge to push as soon as you got in the water? or Almost, yeah. So I think, to be honest, I'd been feeling the urge a little earlier and I was labouring between my toilet and the floor because I, I needed to be on the toilet because I, I felt like, you know, I needed to do a poo. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I was on the toilet just making sure that it was definitely not that or it was that, whatever. Um, so when I got in the pool and I still had that urge, I was holding on because I was just scared that I would do a poo in the, toilet, in the, in the pool. My midwife could see my face and she just said to me, Danielle, you need to let go now and let your body do its thing. And she was so gentle and reassuring with her words. And I swear, I mean, this may not be exactly how it happened, but it felt like in that exact moment when she said that, I relaxed and my waters broke. Mm. So it was quite, and I just, I was like, oh my God, something popped. And of course, she's like, yeah, that's your water. That's all good. Um, And then from that moment, pretty much, she just told me to go with whatever I felt. There wasn't really too much coaching um, with pushing. She just said if I feel like it, once I started getting into it, she obviously just encouraged me through. Um, it was only 14 minutes pushing, so it was quite quite fast um, compared to two and a half hours. So, um, yeah, it was really relaxing and calm and just amazing, very intense. No, and you said you were like compared to the t- the previous time you were feeling quite aware and aware of your surroundings. Did you have much sensation of her coming down the birth canal or um and being born? Or- yeah, so I I didn't feel him coming down, but I did um I did feel I I did feel him coming down, but I didn't um it wasn't I don't know how to how to describe that wasn't a that's definitely what's happening feeling it was just everything feels like it's happening as it should I felt like it was still going to be hours away so I wasn't really prepared that once I started pushing it would happen so quickly Mm. so I was still like no no it's not going to happen I've got ages to go so I felt a little defeated initially when I started pushing knowing that it was going to take so long or, or expecting that it would but once he once he got right down there and was crowning, I felt that so intensely that I just I was swearing. I was saying, "This hurts!" Ouch! 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 I just remember saying, "Oh my god!" Ouch! 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 And you know, few swear words. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really really intense that feeling, and I don't remember that ring of fire with my first, but I definitely do this time around. And and who caught him? So he was caught by Peter and actually just before just before he was born, my midwife asked if he wanted to catch catch him and, and Peter just looked at her like, really, can I do that? Um, so he was a bit shocked and he was like, you know, why not, may as well. Um, and I actually, I was so alert throughout the process that I actually reached down and touched his head as he was coming out and that for me was a really special moment and I remember my stepmom 
looking at me like, you just did that on your own. You've just, you know, you've just gone and touched your baby. Like I, I feel like I could have delivered him in that moment. Um, and it was something I wished that I could have done with my first. And I, they asked me if I wanted to touch him as he was coming out. And I, I couldn't. I was just too too caught up in the moment. So it was just really nice being able to reach down and, and feel this baby and be shocked that he had hair. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then as he came out, Peter... Peter caught him and brought him up to my chest and um yeah we've got a beautiful video of it as well which was so lovely my stepmom filmed it all for us so I love watching that back um it was such a beautiful moment amazing and you said that you got all of those um sort of birth wishes with the delayed cord clamping and the golden hour and everything did you stay in the pool for quite a while yeah I did so I stayed in until the placenta was delivered and a little bit longer. Um, so I kept him on my chest while I was delivering the placenta and it was a little comical actually. I, I took 24 minutes to deliver the placenta. Um, very specific, but obviously that's what they've noted down. So when I, um, when I started feeling the urge to, to push out the placenta, it was not coming out as as it should have initially so the midwife asked me to stand up and she had the sieve underneath me and I quite literally bounced out my placenta in the water (laughs) with my baby on my chest it was I was just giggling the whole time like is this really happening so yeah it was quite funny and at at that point my sister-in-law was there as well so I just had no shame anymore um she'd been out with my toddler and at the park and she came back to a baby um, as well as my son. So, yeah, and the poor poor thing, my toddler wanted to get in the pool with me as I was trying to deliver the placenta. So, unfortunately, we didn't allow that. But um, it was very cute. He ran into the room, stripped off and tried to get in. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> sweet. But, yeah, so um, that all came out, no complications. So that was nice. And um, we... Uh, I had my stepmom cut the cord. Um, it had stopped pulsating at that point. I just sort of sat in there for a little bit longer, um, breastfeeding, and and then he went over to Peter and had some skin to skin with Peter while I had a shower. And then um, after that shower, I hopped on the bed and had a little bit of time with my my bigger son. So he just came up and and cuddled me, and I've got this photo of him cuddling me and it's really he's just got this look on his face like uh, a shock I think Mm. Um, realization that he's not the only one anymore but um, it's a really beautiful photo I really really love it yeah sounds gorgeous and was he was he disappointed at all that he missed the birth or um, wasn't quite old enough I don't Um, think he was bothered um, to be honest he still recounts the story about my birth, so we will be talking about something and he'll just come out with, Mummy pushed the baby out in the pool and he, <laughs> he even makes some little uh, motions and noises, which is quite funny. Um, the other day he was telling, I had, I had a visitor and he was telling them how Mummy was hurt and he was rubbing my head and telling me it would be okay. And it was really sweet, the things he remembers. Um, but yeah, he did rub my head throughout when I was having contractions and tell me it was going to be okay, mummy. 
Um, so that was really sweet. He was very in tune with me. Oh, that's that's gorgeous, and it's nice that he wasn't, um, you know, wasn't too nervous and was nice and prepared for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm interested to know about how your husband sort of, yeah, how he feels about the home birth and how it went and if he's shared much with you about what the experience was like for him. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, he was over the moon with the whole process, to be honest. He just thought it was great. Um, it was really easy for him. He felt a part of it. He was, um, he was sitting by my side as I was, as I was pushing and holding my hand and, didn't feel feel at any point like he needed to um, like he didn't feel pressured to do anything that he didn't want to. He just went with it himself, and it was really easy. Um, mm-hmm. He also spent a lot of time distracting the toddler while I was labouring earlier on. Um, so that was that was really nice, and just having that special time the two of them. But yeah, he he was really fond, and I think. We're not planning at this stage to have another child, but certainly if if we were, it would definitely be another home birth for us. Um, yeah, he really mm. he was really stoked for the whole process. And how has the transition been for your whole family going from um, one baby to two? Yeah, well, um, look, to be honest, I was really scared because in the lead up to having Levi, uh, my older son Lucas, he was very challenging he just got to um you know he was almost three years old and he was just really full-on and all of a sudden really defiant and naughty and I was like what is going on who who stole my child um and so I was scared that I was going to have a big struggle on my hands but he took to it so so well and that you know that phase passed very quickly and we got through it um and he just is absolutely ever since been smitten with his, his little brother and it's beautiful to see. So um, it's been easy in that regard because Lucas has been so happy to have a little brother. So I haven't had to worry about, you know, them like fighting for attention or any of that, which is nice. Um, so overall it's been a really positive experience and I had really good support with my family in the postpartum which is something that I didn't get with my first little things like my stepmom brought me around meals for the first week and that was huge for me it was something Mm. I always imagined would happen when I had a baby but it didn't with my first so um, it was just beautiful to to have something as simple as meals cooked for me Um, so I didn't have to worry about dinner and yeah it was really really lovely and Mm. was settled in really well I think yeah, amazing. And how does yeah, I'm curious how the postnatal care that you had from your home birth midwives compared with the care after your hospital birth? What yeah, can you share a little bit about what the two postpartum times looked like for you? Um, yeah, so it was pretty relaxed. I um it was nice to have them come out to me. <laughs> um so for the first week they would come out every first couple of days, it was every day and then it was every second day. Um, and they, they just really left it up to me after then. If you want to see us anytime in these six weeks, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Um, I went to, uh, must have been a two weeks 
I went up to their clinic to do a hearing test with Levi um, and also just to, to check in on both of us, which was nice. It was very relaxed, very calm, very normal. It just felt very normal. Hmm. Uh, with yeah. Lucas, it, it was pretty uncomplicated as well, I think, but um, I guess initially there was there was a bit of weight loss which is obviously very standard. Um, so we did end up in the hospital on about day three because he'd lost weight. He was a little bit jaundiced and he was breathing a little bit fast. We had a check over, all was fine, but of course that sent me into a bit of panic, um, being three days old and, you know, not knowing any better. Mm. So all of those things this time around, uh, didn't help, didn't occur, which was nice. And actually we didn't even lose any weight to be honest. So I think he lost 10 grams, um, which is nothing really in the scheme of things. And I just think a lot of that has to do with the environment that we're in and feeling supported and comfortable. And I knew what I was doing with the breastfeeding side of things, so that helped. Yeah, you found it a little bit easier to get started this time. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have the same worries that I did the first time around. I just went with it. Yeah, beautiful. And... Levi is six months old now, so he's still yeah. going strong with his breastfeeding? Yeah, still breastfeeding. He's started solids now, um, but not a lot because like, it's hard to add that in with two kids. But um, So he, he will have a meal a day and um, other than that, it's all breastfeeds. And I have been very, very lucky with both my breastfeeding journeys that I have had minimal complications. Um, so I haven't experienced mastitis or blocked ducts or any of those concerns so I have been really really lucky in that regard we did have a tongue tie with Levi um, but we had that cut early on and it it didn't really cause too much of an issue for us thankfully yeah did you find that it made a difference um, having it cut or was it noticeable not to be honest no Um, I think it didn't seem to affect his feeding, but it did affect the movement of his tongue. So he couldn't actually poke his tongue out, but he was still feeding and getting getting enough um, regardless of that fact. So it didn't change too much with his feeding. Oh, beautiful. Well, yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story. It was really lovely to hear, hear that. I like to be able to recount my story. It's just so heartwarming. Thank you so much.